Welcome to another Solid Rock Church podcast by Bishop Larry Ragland, Senior Pastor of Solid Rock Church. For more information and content, please visit solidrockchurch.com. We hope that you enjoy this podcast and you have a blessed day. Now, one of the things that I closed the, the conference, I was the last speaker, and I closed by speaking on the value of a man. But I want to say today that I can easily preach that, the value of humanity. Okay? Hold up, brother. Chill. The value of humanity. Humanity. Everybody say humanity. Somebody say, I am a part of humanity. Watch this. Your race does not determine whether you're in humanity. Because truth is, ain't nobody in here any race anyway. Ain't nobody in here pure black. Ain't nobody in here pure white. You got somebody white in your line. You got somebody black in yours. Probably Hispanic and Asian. We're all a mix of something, right? So ain't got nothing to do with your skin. Ain't got nothing to do with where you were born. Don't have anything to do with what language you speak. If you are a human being, you are God's plan. Right? You are God's plan. God formed man with his own hands. It's the only thing in the history of creation to this day that he has ever formed with his hands. Everything else that was ever made by God was spoken to existence. Only man was formed. But man was not a living soul until he breathed himself into him. But what we don't think about is that when he breathed himself into him, we know that God is spirit. And then that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. He is not limited by the limit of flesh. He is eternal. That's why the Word that is Spirit, God the Father, we say now Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, but it says there are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Spirit. And in John chapter 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word was Spirit in the beginning. But then the same chapter of John says, the Word became and dwelt among us. Even though He did not come into this world the same way we did as far as having a natural father and a mother, He did come in the womb of a virgin young lady. He was born by way of the womb. It's hard for you to fathom that, that God came out of the womb of a young girl. But he did. But it was the Spirit of God that hovered over him and caused that, cover her, excuse me, to cause that to happen. And and, and the, the seed, which is the Word of God, was inserted into the womb of a virgin. Now listen to what Leviticus says. Leviticus says, the life of the flesh is in the blood. 
what keeps the flesh alive, not just the skin, but everything in our body working, is the blood pumping. Once, if you cut yourself really bad, cut an artery, your heart is still pumping. And if there's no way for that blood to keep circulating, that blood's going to come out of your body. And if you don't find a way to put a tourniquet on, if you don't find a way to stop it, the heart's going to keep doing its job. And the blood has no way to circulate. And at some point, you will lose a certain amount of blood. You'll begin to color, your color will begin to change. You'll begin to get faint and dizzy. You'll begin to hallucinate. You will not be able to stand. You will not be able to walk. You will not be able to perform the things that a human being are supposed to perform. Slowly but surely, you will die. Because when enough of the blood comes out of your body and is not circulating in the flesh, the life of the flesh is in the you will die. Now, that's one thing about the blood. The other thing about the blood is this. You can have a situation, and some of you have experienced this, to where you're not cut. You're not bleeding out. Your blood is circulating. But yet, some of the same symptoms that comes on someone that's bleeding out starts happening. Weakness. Color's not right. And if it goes on long enough and it's bad enough, stagger. Can't do, can't function. Other organs start messing up. Just like you're bleeding out. They have a medical term for it. You know what it is? It's called being anemic. Because even though your blood is still circulating, there is an element. Are y'all hearing me? That is in all of our blood. That when that element has not been replenished, renewed, and continued, you will become anemic. And some of the very same things that happens to someone who is bleeding out will happen. You ever seen somebody, you look at them and you go, are you okay? They look sort of jaundiced and yellow. Are they, are they just, you're just tired all the time. You don't want to get out of bed. You don't know what's wrong. You drink an energy drink. It doesn't help. You drink coffee. It doesn't help. You get vitamin B shots. It doesn't help. So then finally one day you go to the doctor. They say, well, what's wrong with me? They say, well, we're going to have to draw some. You ever thought about the fact, not everything, but most of the deadliest, most chronic diseases that can ever affect mankind, the tests are done by drawing blood. Am I right, nurse? Got several nurses in here. Because the life of the flesh is in. Therefore, the enemy knows if he wants to get inside of you, 
and kill you slowly. He will put that disease into your blood. Because it's the only part of your body that touches everything else. Feeds everything else. Every part of your body has got a vein. You ever had a circulation problem in your legs or in your fingers? And they start doing what? Changing colors or going numb. Because it ain't getting enough. The life of the flesh is in the. See, it's not by chance. You gotta, when you begin to understand how powerful the Word of God is, it will change your life. Because you've heard things all your life because you're in Alabama, okay? Alabama is one of the hardest places in the world to witness to anybody because everybody thinks they're saved. You've heard, I plead the, what can wash away my sin? What can make me whole again? Without the shedding of, there is no remission of sin. I could go on and on and on talking about the blood. Well, if all of that is the blood, and we're talking about the blood of Jesus, we plead the blood of Jesus over our children, over our lives, over our nation. And if the life of the flesh is in the blood, then Jesus had blood, right? Well, the blood was tainted in the garden. When, sin, when they ate of that fruit, what happened? They immediately knew they were naked and they were ashamed and death began to creep because the Bible says the wages of sin is death. So the blood, which, which was uh, a, a blood that had not been tainted by sin, the moment it got tainted by sin, the death cycle began. But yet this is what I told the men. Let me back up and say this and I'll tell you what I told the men. The reason I was saying that about the taint is because Jesus could not have taken the blood of Mary. Because Mary was a human being, no matter how holy you think she was, in the line that goes all the way back to Eve. And humanity's blood from Eve all the way to this day is tainted by the sin of the garden. Jesus was not going to have the tainted blood of the, of the very blood that he came to heal and cleanse flowing through God's body that had become flesh. So if the life of the flesh is in the blood and Jesus had blood, where did his blood come from? See, the Bible says that Jesus was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. 
the awesomeness of the blood of Jesus is that the blood of Jesus existed in heaven at the moment of let there be light. The book of Hebrews talks about the conversation between God the Father and God the Son. And one of the things that God the Son says in the book of Hebrews is, Thou hast created me a body. So it is implied that there was already the plan of the flesh of Jesus before it ever began because he was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world and they knew if the life was in the flesh of the blood uh, life was in the flesh of the blood if they knew that then we understand that there had to be blood and how can adam have untainted blood here's how it all come down when god fashioned man and opened up his mouth and breathed spirit into him he also breathed not just his spirit but he breathed his own blood in Breathe the blood that would one day flow through Jesus in him. And here's what's so amazing. It became tainted. I didn't tell this to the men. And this is going to sound a lot controversial. Some of you are going to don't know how to process this. It is tainted and it is not in its initial condition. But all the blood that is in all of our bodies all came from our parents. And then it came from their parents. So the blood that is in us is a and is tainted because of Eve and Adam is still the blood of Jesus that was put in Adam. But it ain't the blood of Jesus because the blood of Jesus is perfect. What I'm, you understand what I'm saying? It's the same blood that was put in him. It's just been carried down. But here's what's so awesome. It ain't changed. He didn't get different blood. Because remember, I've told you many times before that God, Jesus never done one thing as God, who happened to be a man. He did everything as a man who happened to be God. So he's not going to, even though he got his blood inside of Mary, untainted straight from heaven, original blood, the blood that got tainted, iron is the element that is in our body that when we become anemic is because we are low on iron. An element, a metal has been put inside of all of us. So you got to wrap your head around this. That meant Jesus was an iron man. That dumped down on me this morning in my office, straight from heaven. Because Jesus, even though it was untainted blood, 
He had in his blood iron. Iron Oh, and by the way, we got about, what, how many, 40 T-shirts left? Less than that. If you ain't got one of them T-shirts, you need to get one. Well, you ain't got none that fit me anymore. All the big boys are gone. Well, guess what? Get your wife one. Get your kid one. Because here's the thing. Mamas, wives, represent. Let people look at you and go, Iron Man Conference. What are you doing with an Iron Man conference on? Because my man is an Iron Man. And I'm, I'm walking around telling everybody, my man is an Iron Man. My daddy is an Iron Man. So I told this story at the end. I'm almost through. I'm about to go have baptism. I told this story at the end about a memory, that one of the few memories that I have as a little boy with my granddaddy. My granddaddy was a unique man in the city of Warrior. He was known by a lot of people. He had a little shop, just a little tiny shop, not much bigger than, I don't know, just this little area right here, just big enough to go in and sit down on a little desk. And I remember as a boy watching him go in that little shop part of the day. And people would come and they'd bring him guns They'd bring the, to work on. They'd bring watches to work on. He had a little shop and he'd put the little magnifying glasses on. He'd work on those little intricacies of, of a watch. But then the other thing that he was known for is I would, I would look out and I would see trailers would come in and they'd have horses on those trailers. And I'd always, I remember wondering, why are they people bringing horses over here? to my granddaddy. And I realized one day, and he called me over and showed me, he was one of the last remaining people around here that shoed horses, horseshoes. And he had a blacksmith's shop on the outside of his little place there. And it ended up, how cool is this, it ended up being after my grandmother and grandfather passed away and they cleared the house and cleared the land. We, that's where Sandy and I uh, were able to live in our first little mobile home. We lived there on the spot where my grandmother and granddaddy, huh? A little trailer home when we started in the ministry. In fact, when my life was changed, well, you've heard me tell the story. I was sitting outside as a young pastor looking through the screen door, hearing this booming voice. Don't no idea who it was. And it was Rod Parsley, Repairs of the Breach. All those stories about the VHS tapes and everything, they happened right there in that little single-wide trailer on my grandmother and granddaddy's property. And I remember going out. I don't know if you remember, but it wasn't far outside of the front of where our porch was, where the area was where you could still see some coal and stuff out there. Do you remember that? That was where my granddaddy's blacksmith shop was. And out there he had, he had this stand, a bunch of different machines. I can't describe them now. But then he had this big pit where he put coal in it, and it, was, it had the ability. He had run an airline over there. Some of you are old enough to even know what I'm talking about and remember. But he had a pump system where he'd just do his, do his foot this way, and when he'd do his foot that way, he'd put air into that fire, and he'd just make that fire hot, and he'd throw coal on it, just get hot and hot, hotter and hotter and hotter. And he'd take those horseshoes, and he'd take those, those pieces of iron, uh, different things that he would be shaping, and he would put it in the fire. He'd stick it in the fire, and he'd have his protective gloves on everything. He'd hold it there. Sometimes he'd just leave it there. And he'd come back, and he'd have something on it long enough for him to grab it. And he'd have that big protective glove, and he'd grab it, and he'd push it around, and he'd pull it up, and it'd be red hot. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about red hot, man. I mean, just red hot. And you know what he'd always do? He'd always take it right over here. It's a big old anvil, just like this, but it was a big one. He set, he set that on there. just beat that thing 
He, he'd beat it. He'd beat it in shape. And then all of a sudden, he'd hold it up. He'd look at it. Put it down again. Beat it again. I remember hearing that sound as a boy. Booming all over that, over that land. He'd pick it up. He'd look at it. He'd go, nah. And the thing that got me emotional is that I always cry when I think about it because I call my, my grandbaby a bunny rabbit. It always makes me think of him because he named all the do is because he named all of his grandkids animals. Some of my cousins was a bunny, one was a dog. I'm thankful I wasn't a dog. But I I was squirrel. I was his little squirrel. And he'd always call me squirrely. I know. But he'd say, he'd say, Squirrely, give me some give me some more air. And I just don't have a deep memory of this, but I do remember this. I was very young. I just and that fire get hot. He looked at it and he go, no. Stick it back in the fire. The iron. Back in the fire. Because iron becomes pliable in the fire. And I'm telling you right now, I know this. I don't need to be a prophet to, to say this. Because you're a person. You're a human being. You're a man or you're a woman. And you don't exist in this thing called humanity and not be put in the fire. If you think you've never been in the fire, First of all, you're delusional. Second of all, you probably never tried to do anything for God. Because the moment you try to do anything for God, you remember what he said in the book of Revelation, one of the churches, he said, I counsel of thee to buy me gold tried in the fire. You can't get gold until you put gold in the fire, in the heat. Oh, you can have gold, but it ain't pure gold. If you want the pure gold, that they make the beautiful things out of. You're going to have to put the gold in a pot over a very hot fire. And then all those impurities float to the top. And you can skim those impurities off and you're left with the gold. But you don't get the gold without the fire. Somebody shout the fire. And the memories that I have is of my granddaddy looking at it. Holding it up and looking at it and saying, ah, it's not ready. How many's ever been there? How many's ever thought, my God, whoo, I'm finally out of the fire. Lord Jesus, I thought I'd never get out of this. I thought it's going to kill me. But I can feel it, praise God. I can feel it. Woo! I'm out of the fire. I'm getting ready for the next season. And the Lord holds you up. Not yet. Not quite. And all of a sudden you go, what just happened? Back in the fire. Then you finally get pulled out of the fire. He, hold, he holds you up, looks at you, and he says, uh, he don't need no more fire right now. And you'd be like, whoo. He said, he needs the anvil. Then you're screaming, put me back in the fire. Because some of y'all would rather have the fire than the anvil.
But the whole reason for the fire is to get you ready for the animal. Because I don't care how pliable you are, you never come out of the fire in the shape that God wants you. The fire, oh, y'all ain't hearing me, is not intended to shape you. The fire makes you pliable to be fashioned and formed. See, you can't be what God wants you to be without the fire and without the anvil. But watch this. You can't even understand why you're in the fire and making it to the anvil until you understand that you are iron. God didn't have to put a metal inside of you. A metal that he knew would be forged and used to make steel and swords and weapons of warfare. In other words, the reason we can say iron sharpens iron, because you can't really sharpen iron. So how can you sharpen iron? He's saying what can become of iron can be sharpened. And you have within you that potential. Your brother, your sister sitting next to you has within that potential. Because we call it Iron Man Conference. But the truth is, the life of the flesh is in the blood. And we call it Iron Man Conference because of one verse, 2717 Proverbs. Iron sharpens iron. So does a man sharpen the countenance of his friend. But it's very easy and very biblical and very accurate that says, so does a person sharpen another person. Whether you are a man or a woman, and I hope to God you know which one you are. On the count of three, I want you to shout whatever gender you are after the words, I am. One, two, three. I am a man. One more time. One, two, three. I am a man. Look at somebody say, I got iron in me. You got iron in you. And I'm going to sharpen you. Hold up, I got five minutes. Now watch this, there's one more step. And this is all about iron, y'all. It's all about iron. The iron, you first you got to understand that you're iron. And you say, God, I'm ready. Do with me what you want me to do. He goes, okay. He puts you in the fire. And when he gets you to the place that he feels like you're ready to be molded, he brings you out. He holds you up and he looks at you. Why does he look at you? Because he needs to know what part of you is crooked. Because the only thing that can straighten you out in that condition is the anvil and the hammer. How many knows if he just took you out of the fire and let you sit like that, you would set in a crooked position. So God says, no, there's no time for me to wait. When I bring you out of the fire and I look at you, you can't ask me to wait. You got to be ready for the anvil. Because you'll never get out of that cycle until you go the proper procedure. I am iron. I am ready. In the fire. Let the Lord look at you. Find the things that need to be refined. I'm ready, God. Put you on the anvil. Beach, beach, fire. 
process, fire, anvil, fire, anvil. And one point he finally looks at you and he says, he's ready. She's ready. Now watch this. She's still, he's still, maybe not as red hot as he was, but still very, very hot. Because the whole process of the anvil is done while it's still pliable. And it's not pliable if it's not still hot. Now watch my granddaddy do it. I'll never forget it. He had the, he had the, the coal fire here. He had the big anvil section over there. Then he had over, th over there something else. He said he would look at it and he would look at that horseshoe or he'd look at what it was and there would be a look in his eye. It's right. And most people would say, well, I'm ready. I'm ready. But God would say, no, 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 no. Because as ready as you look, you're no good to anyone. Because the moment you try to go touch anybody in this condition, they will you will repel them. Because you're still too hot. And you will burn them instead of help them. But I can take care of that. With that, with that big old thick glove on his hand, he'd hold that piping red hot piece of iron up and he'd walk over to a base of water. That's the way it would sound. Steam would immediately come out of that water. How many's ever seen it know what I'm talking about? I remember standing over as a little kid. I could, I could see it hitting his face. I could smell it. I could feel it hitting my face. Heat. Immediate heat. Then he finally goes, because he'd done it long enough he'd take his glove off and now what he was holding in his hand was exactly what he saw here but now it was set conditions could not bend it oh y'all don't hear it no matter how, who hits you with a hammer now, it don't matter. Because you've been set. The blacksmith has set you. So I'm not going to do it like I did yesterday. Because yesterday when I closed it down, I said he set it in the water. And I dropped the mic and I ran out of the building by myself. I didn't tell anybody where I was going. I didn't tell anybody that I was leaving. Because I said, God... Whoever's ready to be set in the water will follow me. And in 25 minutes, we baptized over 50 men. And there was some iron set in place yesterday. But men, there's one more part to the process that I didn't get to tell you yesterday. It was, and I remember my granddaddy had on his blacksmith shop. I remember like it was yesterday. It's like I'm looking at a picture. He had his fire pit. He had his anvil. He had his water basin. And he would look at it when it was set in place. And he would say, Squirrel, there's one more thing. He'd run over and he'd go. He'd flip a switch and all of a sudden, the motor would be turning and the belt be turning. And it was a big old grinding stone that was turning right there in front of him. And he'd take that piece of metal.
He put his goggles on. And sparks would begin to fly in the wind. And all of a sudden, that old brown, black, musty-looking piece of metal, it starts shining. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. See, don't you get set in your mind that just because you go in the water, God's through with you. Oh, you are set in confidence in who you are in God. But now it's time for the grinding stone, which is called life. The rest of your life is a grinding stone. You can complain all you want to. Life is a grinding stone. Listen to me. It will either shine you, polish you, or sharpen you, or grind you to dust. Same grinding stone. The difference is you got two people standing next to each other. One becomes a sword and one becomes dust. Same thing in the middle called life. The only difference between the two is the elements and the material of which they are made of. One is sandstone. One is sharpened steel. That's what this church is. For coming up on 30 years. Fire. And fire. And fire. Preach it on influence. Y'all hear me? Preach it on influence. Preach it on authority. God's got his hand on this house. He wouldn't have put us in this building. Can I get an amen? We'll go, God, we'll go use this building. You've heard sermon after sermon after sermon. Five buildings. I've screamed till I couldn't talk. I've preached where I couldn't walk. I've laid hands on so many of you that I was so drunk they had to carry me out of here. I've laid it all on the line for you. I've given you everything that I got within me. I pleaded for you to get it. Tell you something. Some of you are finally getting it. This house is finally getting it. You need to take ownership of the moment. All over this region, there are churches that have been shifted and changed because of what God did through you in this house. I remember you, Brad. I remember you coming and standing before you, the rock school. Confused, addicted, lost, not knowing how to be a good man, not knowing how to be a father to your wonderful daughter, not knowing how to be anything. But here you are, every week on the front row, serving God, worshiping God. Your daughter loves you. Your grandbaby loves you. You're a man of God. Brad, you've been in the fire, but you're an iron man. I'm proud of you, son. Don't you ever think that as long as you're breathing, God is through with you. You might have one more trip to the fire. You might have one more trip to the anvil. But by God, today, some of you are going to have one more trip to the water. And when you come out of that water today, God's about to hold you up and say, Now you are ready to be a sword. So set it, set it. That don't mean you ain't going to have to go back to the fire again. 
because you ain't sitting in the water today. No more tax. You are just sitting in the water today, the season that you can't seem to think you ever going to get out of. It's done today. It's done. Sickness, struggle, depression, we're going to leave it in the water today. We're going to leave it in that water. Come up out of that water. You still got battles ahead of you. You still got fire. You still got anvil. You still got sharpening. That's life. You still got the grinding stone. But what you take in that water, if you will believe God today, you will let him hold you up. I'm going to tell you something. I don't care who you are. I don't care how successful a person you think you are, how, what mighty, mighty man of God or woman you are. If you are what all God is looking for is honesty and faith. And you just say, God, do with me what you want. And God says, that's what I've been waiting on. Turn this mic back over to my wife. Have I, take, have I taken us off and done everything I'm supposed to do? Okay. I'm going to give this back to my wife. She's going to tell you a few things. She's going to pray us out of here. Everybody stay where you at. Here's what's going to happen. I'm going to make my way out there. And I'm going to get ready. Listen, for those who are going to get baptized, some of you come prepared to be baptized. Some of you had no clue you were going to be baptized. But now you know you're about to get in the water. You know it. So here's the thing. When you come in the water, it's different than the baptism we have up here. It's not as big. We have what they call a cowboy baptism. It's literally a, a, a trough. I don't, what, I don't know what they call that thing. What, water and trough. It's a water and trough. That's what it is. All right? It's what the cowboys do it out in the wilderness when they're baptizing each other, going, praise God, I love the Lord, baptizing. <laughs> Difference is we got clean water coming out of there. There's water that's been got the smell of a, of a horse's mouth that's been drinking out of it all day and all kinds of slime and stuff like that. Now, so when you get in the water, if you can, if you have trouble with your knees, let us know. We'll work with that. We won't hurt nobody today. But if you can, because of the depth of the water, it's better if you're on your knees. Hmm, that'll preach. But, but you know, cause I mean, those, you, you ever heard that saying? The way you take a stand is down on your knees, praying, praise God. So, just get in the water, step in the water. We'll help you get in the water. Get here like this. And then we're going to baptize you. You just let us just take you back a little bit under the water. We'll bring you right up, okay? If you can do that. If you, if you can't get on your knees, that's fine. We can still do it. I promise you it's not going to be a baptism like yesterday where I was slinging people left and right. We were head-butting people. I mean, there was all kinds of stuff happening. One, one time we baptized, Delaney was on the other side, of, we baptized, and all of a sudden we looked up and we both realized we had just hit somebody's head, had no idea who it was, and we were thankful that it was each other, <laughs> that we had head-butted each other. While we're baptizing someone else, we <laughs> slammed each other's head. So, don't be scared. Have you been blessed today? Come on, give the Lord a praise right now. Pastor Sandy. say if you can't do that we will get a bucket and pour water over your head amen we'll handle it one way or the other so when we say amen in just a few moments if you want to go get your children check them out we certainly want to baptize children if they want to be baptized a whole family together and we will help if we need to hold babies and take care of children right ladies we're going to help these families out all right quickly um we are so glad you were here today man 
love having you at Solid Rock. Just want to remind you of a couple quick things. We had a uh, beginning Wednesday night with Mac and Ruby in adult Bible study. Wave at me if you were here. They set it off and set the place on fire. So three more weeks. Come on out and be a part of this great study. Also, Solid Rock students will be gathering this Wednesday night at well, as well. Both of these classes will start at 6.30. Students, you do not want to miss because uh, Solid Rock youth, Solid Rock students are on fire as well. Amen? Rock groups. I hope you're already involved in a rock group. If not, go find out who meets, when, and where, and what they're doing. SolidRockGroups.com. Get a printed directory at the four-year desk. We want you to be involved in that. Ladies, you know we have an activity this coming up weekend on the 20th. We're doing a shopping and lunch trip. I hope you'll go with us. Stop by our table on your way out today. Let us know to be looking for you this Saturday. Also, I need to know today if you're going to be a part of the Women's Conference in Tennessee in November with Sister Judy Jacobs, who is Pastor Jamie Tuttle's wife. You want to be a part of Pursuit Women's Conference. Need to know today. Um, also, is it two weeks, Delane, if you're in here? Is it two weeks left to get your application in? Because I've been telling everybody, um, if you're going to Ambassadors Bible College this year, you need to do that. It is imperative that you let them know. Um, who saw this morning, I don't know, I didn't get to hear, but I could see on the news this morning, they did a little piece about the Pinson Old Rock School. So yesterday was the 100-year celebration, and um, it was pretty neat. And the reason I'm telling you all this is because this is a part of your heritage at Solid Rock Church. So Mr. Moss, who is um, part of the Historical Society, dropped this off this morning at the church and I haven't even been able to see this book yet um I hope you can get one I don't know how much they cost or where you get them I know they had them yesterday at the celebration but I wanted to read this to you because some of you don't know how this affects you and this was written to me by Mr. Moss um he invited me to come and speak uh for a few minutes yesterday so many thanks for your excellent speech at the Rock School reunion it was so informative and this is the part that I wanted you to hear of what he wrote much is due to the Solid Rock Church family for its life-saving efforts to preserve the structure. So if you don't know, um, we came from another location to this city. We've been in Pinson 18 years. Not, the first nine of those were at the Old Rock School. It was a condemned building. Um, the, the property was valued, but the buildings had no value on them. We restored one-third of that building, had church there for nine years. We, when it came to the point of, are we going to start restoring and remodeling the rest of this, we made the decision to come here for a bigger sanctuary. It was a better church structure. But in truth, I didn't say this yesterday, but in truth, this church saved the Rock School, which is now a beautiful library facility. And you should go see it if you've not seen it. It is wonderful. And for those of you, wave at me if you attended the Rock School. I know you guys did. Okay, so you know we never got past that wall in the sanctuary to go down the hall. I'm so happy to say the kitchen is finished. The hallway all the way up to the library is finished. And I think the back buildings are now like garages to store city vehicles in. But guys, I wanted you to know part of your heritage. 
One of the reasons why this city has that beautiful library is the work that you guys did to save the buildings so that they could finally be restored to their former glory. So what am I talking about? Yesterday was the 100-year celebration of the Rock School. So get this book. Find out about your heritage, about what some of the people that have been here a long, long time helped to do so that that building could be preserved. Amen? All right. Quick prayer, get your kids, and let's throw down baptism. Father, we just thank you so much for this weekend. We thank you for this wonderful day, all that you've done. We thank you, God, that you are so good to us, Lord. Father, I pray that you be with each and every person this week, Father, as they go their way. Bring them back here, Father, and bless them, and bless this baptism we're about to have. In the name of Jesus, amen. Love you all.